So I want to tell you about a time that I almost got in a huge car accident in England because I was driving on the wrong side of the road. You know, in England, you drive on the left-hand side of the road. Now, I was driving on the left-hand side. I'm actually doing pretty well normally driving on the left-hand side of the but we're driving to Stonehenge. Now, if you think of where Stonehenge is, um, Stonehenge is basically out in the middle of nowhere and a bunch of fields, a bunch of um, sheep fields everywhere. And there's a busy road that runs right by it. We're driving. It's late. We're trying to make it there before things close down or before it gets too dark or before the rain starts again. And I make a right onto a, a, a normal road, which is probably about a mile away from Stonehenge. So it's the, the closest road um, that you can get down that is actually paved to this um, company's parking lot. So a company set up a parking lot and a bus shuttle service to get from the parking lot all the way to Stonehenge. They paved the way, they made it so that it's, um, you know, you stay out of the mud and everything. They made it really good for um, tourists like us to see the Stonehenge. But the problem was it was like $150 for my entire family, my four kids and my wife and myself, as well as when I'm pulling up, this is what really got me. I pull up into the um, uh, Go See Stonehenge in that parking area, and I see that they just closed at 5 o'clock, and it was like 5.15, 5.20 or something like that. And I was thinking, oh, man, I was so frustrated because we were rushing to try to get to Stonehenge before they closed. And I was thinking, how am I going to get to Stonehenge? It's in the middle of nowhere, like a, a mile away from all the other roads. So how am I going to walk all the way to you know park, finding parking, which is really rough? So we're there and I'm so frustrated because now I have to turn around and like I was saying, there's no parking all around this area. The roads are so narrow. Um, if you know anything about England and the way roads are, I mean, they're they're very, very narrow. You're usually um, sharing a lane all the time. So I'm trying to find a parking spot and I can't. And inside this business area, they say that, no, we can't let you park here. And I'm so frustrated because they're closed and I can't go in there. They say there's closed cir circuit uh, TVs recording you. You can't go in, blah, blah, blah. And I was so frustrated. So I turn around really quick and my brain shuts off because I'm so upset. Now my brain's usually on. I'm usually saying, okay, left-hand side, left-hand side, <laughs> left-hand side when I start driving. And then when I start driving, I normally just kind of get in the groove of driving on the left-hand side. But when I start, my brain took off like I'm in America. So I started driving on the right-hand side of the road and I pull out of the parking lot and I make a right, and there's roundabouts all over Europe, and I absolutely love roundabouts. Roundabouts are fantastic, um, especially when there's little traffic, you just fly through them. So you, I made a right, and I'm in the right lane, and over the hill, barely, um, can't, or you can't really see anything over the hill, so I'm making a right, just thinking, okay, I'm driving fine, and all of a sudden, over the hill comes a car flying, because, you know, there's no other cars on the road, and... It's late in the day, and he's coming over the hill and doesn't expect me to be driving on the wrong side of the road. And I go, oh, no, and I jerk the wheel, and I barely miss the, the um, uh, roundabout center, center divider, and I barely miss the, uh, miss the car, and then I get on the left-hand side of the road, and I'm waving, I'm sorry, I'm from America. I didn't really say that, but, uh, oh, that, that, that was really irritating. But 
I wanted to tell you the fun thing about um, after that, I actually, my wife said, okay, we got our GPS out and found that instead of paying 100 to $150 for us to park and take the bus and all that sort of stuff, we found a back road as she was looking at the GPS. She said, hey, there's a road that kind of goes by it. Let's try it. And so we had to drive another two miles that went um, further north, you know, away from it and then make a um, cut east so get closer. And then we took a road, like a dirt road, and that's it was basically the same dirt road that we could not turn down we actually turned down that the opposite direction and came out um and literally came right next to or i should say literally that's how they say in england literally parked right next to stonehenge didn't have to pay 150 pounds or 150 dollars to 100 pounds um didn't have to you know take the bus or shuttle or anything like that and when we parked we got out really basically stepping in mud you know the other place for the company they paved it they made everything really really nice and we start walking towards stonehenge and they say hey no you can't use our road you know, we're literally just walking. You can't use our road. You can't use our walking path. You have to walk in the mud. We are literally five feet away from their path, and there's a fence that we can't cross onto, and we're walking in mud five feet away from their path, and then there is Stonehenge, so we're walking towards it. We got to Stonehenge, uh, couldn't pay the $100, which or $150, 100 pounds is about $150, which I'm glad we didn't have to do. I almost got in a car accident, then found this secret road that drove behind Stonehenge. So if you're ever going to go to Stonehenge, don't pay the money. Try to find that secret road that I, that I was talking about and took the back roads, got through potholes. It was almost like we were four-wheel driving. And we, anyway, so we parked next to Stonehenge, walked to Stonehenge. It was a fun, fun trip. All right, well, enough about me embarrassing myself about almost getting in a car wreck in England. And let's jump into the session number three, where we talk about finding your rental property deals. Let's go. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Now, today, I'm actually in um, in England. I'm with my family on a six-week vacation. Can you believe that? Six-week vacation in Europe. We are going all through, uh, starting in England, going to Ireland, Scotland, um, Israel as well, Austria, um, Netherlands, Germany, France, Belgium. We're just traveling all over the place. And so um, I just what I, the story I just told you was in England. Now, in today's episode, what I wanted to give you is the how to find properties, because we've been talking about the great reasons. Now, episode number one was great reasons to um, get into rent, investing in rental properties of 15 reasons. The next one, we talked about funding, how to actually fund your rental properties, because that is something that a lot of people need, or I would say basically everybody needs money to buy a property, but it's usually the, the quickest roadblock for most people's, oh, I don't have any money. Well, there's plenty of ways to get around that. Um, now, today we're going to be talking about finding your rental properties, because in order to actually buy them, you have to find them first. Now, if you just go and talk to a realtor and buy the first property, you see, you can do that, but you might not get the best deal. Now, when I talk about deals, deals are basically um, lower or discounted prices from the market value of the home. Example would be if the market value of a home is $150,000, 
know, normally that's what it would sell for, but you get it where you pay $120,000. Well, you instantly make $30,000 in equity on the property the first day you buy it. And so that's a deal. You're getting it for cheaper than what it's worth or what other people would pay for currently. And so what we're going to talk about today is how to find properties. Now, in looking at properties, let's jump to the quickest and easiest way to find a property, which everybody knows how to do this. You basically call a real estate agent and call them up and tell them, I want to buy a house. Can you find a house for me? And they'll ask you the criteria of what you're looking for. You know, are you looking for a four bedroom, three bedroom? Are you looking for two bathrooms? How, how big is the square footage that you want? All these sort of things that they're going to ask you about. So the easiest way is just to call up a real estate agent and tell them you're looking for a rental property. Now, I'm going to say that real estate agents, most of them, do not understand investment properties. They don't understand how to make money. They don't understand how to use that money to um, have cash flow so that you can buy more properties and then buy more properties. They don't understand a real estate investing business. They may understand real estate, how to buy and sell homes for, for the people, their clients. They may understand that but they don't understand how to, how to run a real estate business. Now, real estate agents are really good though. Real estate agents work when you're sleeping. They work when you're on vacation. Like my real estate agents are currently working for me, finding me properties. And when they do find one, they send it over to me and say, hey, Dustin, here you go. Here's a property that I have in Texas or in Ohio or in California, which I don't really buy in California anymore. So I had to tell those people, eh, I'm out of the California market for right now. But anyways, uh, I digress a little bit. But um, like in Idaho like, or wherever I'm trying to invest, wherever I have properties and I have my business set up, I have real estate agents looking for me. Now, here's a tip, though, I want to give you. You need to look for real estate agents that are investor real estate agents, not necessarily themselves, but they need to understand investment properties. So, and here's the way to find them. If you go to any real estate brokerage or a company that actually has um, uh, many different realtors underneath them, like uh, a, a big company that you see their signs everywhere as you're driving around, call them up and say, hi, I'm an investor. I'm looking for investment properties, single family homes, three bedroom, two bath, you know, just a, a general home. Um, and I'm looking to spend around $100,000, $120,000. Um, could you talk, should you send me to a, or who should I talk to about investment properties in this, this criteria? You know, I don't want somebody that is, um, doesn't understand investment properties. I need somebody that understands cash flow and investment properties. So if you just ask them that, usually it'll take a little bit, but you'll find the right person. As long as you keep asking those questions, you know, I, I want to make sure that I can rent the property, how much I could rent it for. You need to understand um, the type of clientele I'm going to get. You need to understand how much rent I'm going to get for it. You need to help me with all these things. And if you find that you're not getting these right answers, maybe move on to another company, another company out there that um, is is in the same business because maybe they're either um, don't have anybody like that or you just need to keep searching. So finding a realtor is absolutely easy to do, but finding an investing realtor, somebody who helps out investors like us, it's, it's, a, it's a little harder. 
you know, you're going to get a realtor that's going to say, hey, look at these curtains or these drapes. They're they're terrific. And, you know, this this um, this carpeting. Ooh, this carpeting's pretty. You're going to like this. I'm like, I don't care about any of that. I want to make sure that I can get into a property where I can buy it for cheaper than normal. Um, I could rip out the curtains that you're talking about and I could put things that most people would generally like. And I don't want somebody that's going to be looking at me as a homeowner. I'm not a homeowner. A property, a home, is basically inventory for me. It's it's not a uh, personal personal uh, purchase that I'm buying and I'm getting in like my own feelings wrapped up into the property like I would my own home. This is a part. This is just basically inventory. And so I don't want a realtor that's going to be talking to me like it's a single family home that I'm going to be living in. Anyway, so what I wanted to move on to next is the multiple listing service. So. Using real estate agents, I'd say, oh, one other quick tip before we move on to the MLS I want to give you. Some real estate agents you might find, they'll try to lock you in to an exclusive deal with them. So basically, they're going to say, hey, I'll, you know, I'll find, I find so many properties all the time. I get my, um, my buyer's list. Basically, you would be a buyer. You'd be on the list of buyers. My buyer's list, I send them deals, and they're the first ones that get it. And you'll, you can be on that list if you sign an exclusive deal with me. And what happens is the exclusive deal is if you buy any property, it doesn't matter. Um, obviously it has to be in the area that they're, that they're specializing in. If you buy in, in like, um, New York and they're out of New Jersey, you know, it's a different state. You're going to say, Hey, it, it, as long as the contracts, um, fit well, that you, they, they don't say in the nationwide, but if you were to buy a property in the same area that they're working in, and you don't use them, you have to pay them a commission, even though they didn't do a thing. You know, if you found the property on your own, you worked out the deal, you did everything on your own and bought it, the real estate agent can potentially come back to you and say, hey, you owe me because it's an agreement. If you buy a property, you have to pay me. And so I personally, whenever any realtor says, um, that they only work with exclusive agreements. I laugh at them. I literally laugh and say, that's absolutely ridiculous. You know, good luck with that. I'm moving on. I, I work with realtors that want to work um, and want to find me properties and I buy the properties through them. So all that to say, what you want to do is if somebody says um, that they only work with exclusive agreements, move on or negotiate. Say, well, I don't do nego- uh, I don't do exclusive agreements. Would you be willing to not have it be exclusive and send me properties anyways? If they say yes, then great. If they don't, they don't. I just tell every realtor that I have, and I have lots of them, um, I tell them, hey, you bring me the deal. If it's a good deal, I'll buy it. If somebody else brings me a deal, I'll buy it through them. So it just depends on you how hard you want to work to get um, to bring me properties, and then I'll buy them. So that's real estate agents. Now, uh, along with real estate agents is the multiple listing service. That's the next part of finding a property is the multiple listing service or the MLS. As you talk to any realtor, they're going to say, hey, well, you know, here's the MLS, which is basically the multiple listing service. And it's where every realtor has put houses that are for lease or for rent, um, houses are for sale, pending sales, all these different types of properties on this listing service around the entire nation. So you'd be put in this database of or access, you'd give, be given access to this database where all the properties are for sale so you can research them. Now, real estate agents automatically or they pay for um 
uh, the service for the MLS. Now, when I say automatically, it's basically if you're not, if you don't have access to MLS and you're a real estate agent, you're really not no good for anything because that's one of the best things about real estate agents. They have access to the quick access to the MLS for listing as well as for viewing for other properties. So the MLS is great for finding properties that are um, basically sellers are putting on the market saying, I want to sell this property. They put it on the market and they basically have the ability to um, uh, post all their information on there, you know, the size of the house, how much it's, they're asking for, the asking price, um, and anything about the property, any pictures. And so the MLS is a way for you to find properties that people are listing for sale. Now, this is not necessarily the best way to find deals, you know, where you find um, pro- homes that are less than the current market value. It's not the best way, but it is a good way to find properties. And I've even put offers on properties that are on the MLS and say they're asking, you know, $100,000. Well, I know that those numbers don't work. As I run the numbers to make sure I'm making enough money every single month in cash flow, passive income, as I'm running the numbers, I realize that that $100,000 that they're asking is way too much. The most I can pay is $70,000 in order to make money on this deal. Now, if they buy, if they take it, then great. Then they take the take the deal and and then I buy the property. But if they don't, then I just move on. It, it's it's allowing them to say, no, we don't want your offer because you already have a no now, you know, without actually putting an offer, you already have a no. But if you actually put an offer, you could possibly have a yes where you get the property. So what I say is always put offers in. So if I want it for $70,000, that's going to be my number. Um, they're asking $100,000. I'm going to honestly, I'm going to offer like $60,000 so I can negotiate my way up. I'm not going to give them my top dollar and just say $70,000 is my top dollar because um, they're going to want to negotiate. Always negotiating is um, how, how it's always going to be in every single inst- real estate transaction. You're always going to negotiate the price, the terms, you know, the any concessions that they're going to have to do, any fix-ups. All that stuff is going to be negotiated. And so what I would do is I'd start at like sixty thousand, and if they come down and say, "Well, we can off, we'll come from a hundred thousand dollars, we'll go to ninety thousand dollars," and I'm at sixty, I'll, I'll go up to sixty-five thousand dollars. Okay, here's sixty-five thousand dollars. That's my offer. They may come down to eighty thousand dollars. And then I go up to $70,000 or 70, sorry, $68,000. I'll come up a little bit more. They might come down to, you know, like $78,000. I'll say, okay, my final offer is $70,000. So I work my way up and they've worked their way down. Now this, uh, getting that big of a discount is not normal on the MLS, uh, just because people uh, have already made a decision to list their property and have a realtor that's listing a forum and you know they're trying to talk in their ear and uh, but it's much better to find deals off the MLS but this is a great way as long as you negotiate well and you find a good property now the next one next way to find real estate deals would be with online real estate database companies now these would be basically companies that have a great database full of all the the properties that are on the on the MLS because these database companies they actually search through the MLS people actually go to their sites and sign up their own property without going to the MLS they'll sign up their own properties on their sites for listing for sale and for lease and rent as well as they also scour 
the county recorder's office and the assessor's office for anything that's happened with real estate. So it, really quickly, the county recorder and the county assessor, recorder would record any deeds of sales, any trusts or anything like that, any, any transaction with real estate, the recorder would record it. But the assessor, assessor, they carry, they collect all the characteristics, all the owner information, all that sort of stuff of the property. They even have the mailing address for the owner. So, if, you know, if there's a house that has a tenant in there or it's rent, it's a renting, um, the, the owner is renting their house. If the owner is renting their house, well, the mailing address that you might want to say, hey, I want to buy your house is not the address. It's called the situs address or the location of the property. Their mailing address may be in another state because they're an investor like us. And so you want to send them a letter. You want to send them a specific letter saying, I want to buy the property as opposed to going to the, the property itself. So you get their mailing address through the recorder's office, sorry, the assessor's office, and you get the characteristics, how big the house is and all that sort of stuff. So let's move back to the online real estate database companies. These would be companies like Zillow.com, Z-I-L-L-O.com. Now this is one of my favorite ways to find properties because um, it's so simple to find properties that have been put on the MLS that are around the, the entire country, not just the state or your area. Entire, around the entire country, and they show you what they believe the estimated value is. So, somebody selling their house, give you an example, somebody selling their house for $100,000. Well, that $100,000 sale um, or asking price may be good, you know, low for us to buy. It may be bad where it's way too high. Zillow on their website will actually give you their estimated value that they believe. They call it a, a Zestimate, kind of play on their name. Um, an estimate and they take comps or comparable sales of that one property in the area and what they do is they say this house with this criteria with this square footage with these this uh, lot size this area of the the this the city um, everything you know how many bedrooms they compare that with other homes in the area that have sold that are similar and they give you a value now Zillow will say Hey, this home, they're asking $100,000, but we believe that the price is right around, you know, $85,000. So you, you can see right now, or really quickly, that they may be asking a lot more than they are, you know, could possibly get. So you could think, well, maybe if they're, if it's the value is around $85,000, because other homes in the area have been selling for $85,000, maybe I can put an offer right around $85,000 or a little lower. That kind of gives you a ballpark range. Now, another another way was if the value is higher than their asking price. The market value of the home is not necessarily um, accurate on their estimate, on Zillow's estimate. I found Zestimate is about 10%, give or take, 5 to 10% up or down. And I think they're usually um, a little higher on the high end. So if you're buying a property and you see they, them estimate, Zillow estimating a home for $80,000, I would say it's about a $5,000 or, uh, yeah, give or take, $5,000 difference higher, like $85,000 of the high, um, $75,000 of the low, if that makes sense. Um, so it's got a variation, you know, at uh, high and low, but it says this is about what it should sell for. I think they're on the high end, Zillow's on the high end. Um, so just keep that in mind. But you also want to talk to your realtors too. If you're going through a realtor, 
you want to talk to them and say, what is this home actually worth? You know, how much should I offer for them? So Zillow is a great site that you can use. Another site that is really good is redfin.com, R-E-D-F-I-N.com. Another great site just like Zillow. There's um, trulia.com. I think it's, if I spell it right, T-R-U-L-I-A.com. Another really good site to use. Realtor.com um, is very similar, but it also it caters a little more towards real estate agents or using real estate agents. But um, these are all really great websites that have the ability to show you the properties, see pictures, see the asking price and the characteristics of the home and things like that. Now let's move on to another fantastic way to use the computer to find properties. Now we talked about the online databases, but let's talk about online classified websites. These are websites like craigslist.com or I think it's craigslist.org as well. So Craigslist is a fantastic way to find homes from sellers that are basically um, not putting their properties on the MLS. You know, they want to say, I want to, or they're basically saying, I want to sell it for sale by owner. You know, I don't want to pay all these realtor fees. I don't want it to go on the MLS. Um, so and they're not probably not in a hurry to move. Like they don't necessarily need to move right away. So they they put on classified ads like the um, Craigslist.com or .org. And so if you think of the old classified ads in the newspaper, you open up the newspaper, find the classified ads. People pay to put a listing in there for what they're selling. You know, a car, a, a home, or whatever it might be. Well, honestly, newspapers are basically dead now, and online classified ads are the best way to go. I've found that Craigslist.org.com is one of the best ways to actually use um, classifieds in today's, you know, with electronic means now with computers and cell phones and things like that. Now, what you want to do is you want to find your certain area. In finding your area, you know, go narrow down from your from the nation to once you go to Craigslist.org, go from the nation, click on your state. From your state, go to your local area. It could be city, it could be geographical area, uh, depending on how big the area is. But then from there, you could even just type in, you know, um, homes for sale in a search. Or there's even a button that says um, real estate wanted or real estate for sale. Great ways to find properties. Um, if you, you know, for real estate for sale, you might find some really good properties that are off the market. So there, um, you could hopefully find really, really good deals. Now, what you the the t- the trick is, or the tip that I would give you in going through Craigslist is to basically keep running the numbers um, quickly in your head and weed out properties really quickly because you don't have Zillow telling you you know, how much the value of the home is. So if you see, um, hopefully, you, uh, I'm going to basically help you understand that in, when you're running your business, you need to know the area. You need to know what homes normally go for. And that's through research um, to getting to know the area. And over time, you're going to get to be able to look at an, an area, a home that's in an area and say, I know a home that's three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, 1200 square feet in this one particular area is or should be going for, you know, $80,000, $120,000 in this one particular area. And if you see a home that somebody's asking $200,000, well, you could look at it, but you can quickly weed that one out because you have already done your research. You already know what you're doing to find um, a a good property. So when you're going through Craigslist, um, you can contact the the sellers specifically. It could be a realtor um, that actually posts on Craigslist. It very well could be. 
Um, a lot of times you find that it could be also sellers, you know, private sellers. I have bought investment properties from other investors through Craigslist. Like I was looking online, found a property. It said, hey, this home is already rented. It makes $800 a month and we're asking $100,000 or $80,000 or whatever it might be. Um, and I call them up, contact them, negotiate the deal, um, buy the property from them without using a realtor. That saves both of us on any fees. And we just go to a title company, have the title company do the work instead of a realtor. So that's craigslist.org. There are other sites like backpage.com, um, uh, other sites that you would think of for um, online classifieds, but the best one, the most widely popular one is craigslist.org. Now, here's other things that I wanted to give you. Now, what you want to do is you want everybody to know that you are an investor, that you invest in real estate, that you buy real estate properties, then also that you rent out homes. And what and the best way to do that is to make business cards. This is going to be one of your number one tools of the trade, of your trade, are business cards. Now, if you go to my website, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash Vistaprint, V-I-S-T-A-P-R-I-N-T. If you go there, you can get 500 business cards half off. So basically, it'd be $10 for 500 business cards um, just by going through my link. Um, you could also get, instead of that, you can either get that, 500 business cards for 10 bucks, which is dirt cheap, um, or 20% off with, with the same link. Um, it has a promo code that applies for you so that you can get a discount. Now, what's great is if you get business cards you know, for 10 $10, get 500 business cards, you want to give these business cards out like candy, like they're just passing them out to everybody because you never know where your next deal is going to come from. And as more people find out that you're a real estate investor and they grab your card and it says, you know, real estate investor, Dustin Heiner on there has your phone number, your website, um, and you can put something like I buy houses or um, real estate investor on there or you know, I buy houses cash or I buy houses quick, something like that. But something that helps the person that holds a business card to see that you're an investor that you want to buy business cards from, or sorry, buy business cards, you want to buy properties from them. Um, then in the future, they might, you know, throw your card in a drawer. And after so long, you know, maybe six months later down the road, they're thinking it might be time to sell. And they are cleaning out their drawers and they see, oh, hey, here's this business card for Dustin Heiner. You know, he buys houses. Let me call him up and see if I want to sell him my property. So what I'm telling you is basically what you want to do is get business cards and pass them out like candy. I mean, just keep giving them out. And you, I, I have in the past, you know, I've bought business cards and it was kind of like, oh, I paid for these. I don't want to give these out. Well, that's what you paid for them for is to hand them out. Hand them out like they're going out of style, like you're just giving them out. And as in you're doing that, or while you're doing that, you're going to find, you're going to get more and more people contacting you. Over time, now I've been doing real estate investing for over 12 years. I have people calling me all the time trying to sell me properties because um, they know that I buy properties. I even have friends and family members that say, hey, do you have a place for rent in this area? Or um, here's a property that somebody's selling. Would you want to buy it? You know, things like that. And so as more and more people know that you are a real estate investor, the more deals will come your way, the more you'll be able to find great, great deals. Now, another great way to find more properties 
is through direct mail marketing. Now, this is a little more, I wouldn't say advanced. It just takes a lot more work than going through having a real estate agent do the work or going through Zillow.com, Craigslist.com, or just handing out business cards. It would be with direct mail marketing. Now, there are many companies that actually will help you set up direct mail marketing campaigns. Uh, think of websites like yellowletter.com or any, basically type in yellow letter inside of a search for any web search, yellow letter, and you'll find plenty of companies that actually specialize in sending out yellow, yellow letters. If you have never heard of what a yellow letter is, a yellow letter is basically a letter that looks like a handwritten letter on a yellow piece of paper that has the normal, you know, when you went to school, you have the, the lines and the margin on the left-hand side, the red column, or sorry, the red line for the margin on the left-hand side. It basically is just a piece of paper that you would basically write a handwritten note. Well, what these companies do, they'll make it look like a handwritten note. It'll be, t it'll be printed out, but they'll make it look like a handwritten note saying, hey, I want to buy your house um, cheap. And, or not cheap. I'll buy your house cash. I'll buy it fast and I'll buy it from you. No hassles to you. Get what you want, all that sort of stuff. And they'll show you how to actually do the best campaign for your money and they'll market a certain area. Let's say you have one zip code that you want to target. All the three bedroom, two bath houses that are um, uh, in the area that don't have a pool, that um, uh, is in a cul-de-sac or whatever it might be. They have all these criteria where you can narrow it down and send letters specifically to these homes. Now, it could be just dear, dear um, homeowner. It could be something like that. And so what these direct mail marketing campaigns do is they just throw out so many letters that it's basically sheer numbers. So economies of scale, basically, if you send out 10 letters, you might get uh, maybe half a call, like maybe one call, maybe. But if you send out 100 letters, you may get one call, two calls, three calls, 10 calls. And from those 10 calls, you might close on one property. Um, I think the economies of scale is higher. Like you need to send out like maybe a 1,000 um, letters before you get like 10 calls. And of those 10 calls, you might close on one deal, something like that. But the more letters you send out, the more chances you have of somebody saying yes to yes to actually selling you their property. So what you want to do is look up these companies. Now, you can do all this yourself. You don't have to pay the company to do this. I mean, it's definitely not something you have to do. But this is a great way to basically canvas the entire area very quickly and having somebody else do the work and you find finding deals and being able to buy the properties. Now, direct mail marketing, like I said, does take work because you have to put effort into um, setting all this up. But if you get a company, you can actually just flip a switch. And as long as you have money that you're paying them, you know, they're not going to do it for free, but you're paying them. And as you're paying them, Hopefully you find one or two deals that make you money that then continue on progressing this buying process. Now, you find a lot of people that do direct mail marketing would be flipping homes. So they basically say, I'm going to spend $1,000 on my direct mail marketing. They hopefully get one house, flip it, and that pays for all the direct mail marketing. And, you know, they make $20,000 on a house and that paid for the direct mail marketing and also pays for them to do more. So this is, uh, like I said, a little more advanced strategy, but you can absolutely do this. It's a great way to find property properties. So you can also find properties just by driving. Another way that I'm going to tell you right now, another way is to just by driving through the area and looking at homes and talking to people. 
Um, I, I highly recommend if there's an area you want to start investing in, in your in the media area where you can drive to, drive the area over and over again just so you can see what's going on in the area. What the homes look like, you know, if you see a home that's really run down, where the grass is huge, um, the the house is looking like, you know, the shutters are kind of falling off. There's papers piling up in the news in the driveway, um, like lots and lots of papers, not just like two or three. But um, you see that it just looks like it's the worst house on the block. Well, you could go to the assessor's office, like I talked about, find the owner address. It could be the, the home address or somebody else's address. Send them a yellow letter. Like you literally get out of a yellow piece of paper, write in, hey, I saw your house is looking not the best. Um, you know, it's got shutters that are falling off. And, you know, I would like to buy that house from you. And, you know, here's my contact information. And mail them a letter. You could do that. And you've, you've narrowed it down dramatically because you think or you hopefully have found a potential property that has the, um, the seller that might be motivated to actually sell you the property. Now, I would suggest driving the areas. Now, if you're not in the area, like if you're investing out of state, like I do, I invest in other states um, and I never see the area. Like I, I invest in um, uh, once one area, actually many areas of the country, but in one, uh, most areas I have never seen. Only one of them I've actually seen in person because of the very first house I bought, I was setting up the business. I had no clue what I was doing. So I said, I got to fly out there. Well, every other house after that, I um, dozens of properties and every other house after that I literally have never seen um, I've only seen one of them <laughs> before I bought it so um, if you don't have the ability to drive around the area and look for properties another great way would be to find wholesalers now a wholesaler is a is a person that think of them like a real estate agent, but they're not backed by a company. They don't have um, the the resources of a real estate company, but what they do have is the motivation. I would say motivation because they work really hard. Wholesalers find homes for sale, and they find investors like us to buy the homes. And what they do is they make sure that there's enough. Um, equity in the deal so that the investor gets equity. So they might find a home for $150,000 that the market value is $180,000. Well, they say they get it under contract, which means they have the right to sell it, to, to, sorry, to buy the property themselves or sell the contract or give the ability to buy to somebody else like me, an investor. And they lock it down. They lock down the property for $150,000. So there's $30,000 play in there. So they come to an investor like me and say, hey, Dustin, I have this home. It, the market value is $180,000. If you fix it up, it might be $200,000, but I have it locked down for $150,000. You give me $5,000 for this deal, for me doing all this work to get this deal, and I'll sell you the property, or I'll, I'll, I'll give you the contract basically for $5,000. So I'll be out $155,000 for a potentially $200,000 home after I put a little money into it to fix it up. And that's a really good deal. So wholesalers, I have bought many properties from wholesalers. I actually love wholesalers because they work hard. You know, they're, they're, that's how they make their money. They don't have a regular job. I won't say all of them, but um, a lot of them don't have a regular job because they, they love working for themselves. They're entrepreneurs, they're drivers. They go out and they make deals. They negotiate. Well, the greatest thing is you just call them up and say, put me on your, your um, investors list or your buyers list. Now, some question might come up, well, how do I find wholesalers? Super, super simple. I mean, it's the easiest thing that, um, that you could think of. If you are driving it in your area, 
look for signs that say I buy houses cash or um, sell your home quickly or basically those they're bandit sides there's little cardboard cutouts that are nailed onto um, you know telephone poles or staked in the ground um, you you see them everywhere everybody's seen them seen them those are wholesalers they are the ones looking for properties but they, that's an advertisement for us as investors to call them. So call up the wholesaler and say, hey, put me on your buyer's list. This is the type of property I'm looking for. You know, you probably send out emails with the type of deals that you have. Just send me an email and I'll look through them. And so you can get on their buyer's list. I guarantee you 100% they will absolutely say, terrific. I will absolutely put you on my buyer's list because they're working hard to find the deals, but they need people like us that they can give the deals to to sell. And so it's so easy. Now, if you're not in the area, because remember, we're talking about in the area, you can find them by just driving and seeing those in the area that you're living in. Um, but another great way is to go on to craigslist.org and find the homes that are for sale that look a little more spamish. <laughs> if that's uh, how I can explain it, that help you to understand what to look for. But ones that look like, you know, they have all these little asterisks and, and quote, um, like, uh, question marks and you know dots and stuff like that it's not just like a normal listing like you or I would do hey I'm selling a couch and here's the price you know it's not something that's simple like that they, they make it look really fancy try to get people's attention click on those those could be wholesalers so go through all the listings in Craigslist to find somebody like a wholesaler so that you can get properties from them basically getting on their list all right so now this was the list of all the great ways to find um, investment properties. There's other things out there, like going to the courthouse steps, buying them on the courthouse steps, uh, properties, the courthouse steps, but that's a very advanced strategy. You have to have uh, money in hand to actually buy those. There's using legal notices. Um, you know, you get in the newspaper seeing legal notices. There's um, using flyers. There's many other ways to find properties, but these are the best ones that I have found that work out really, really well. And uh, basically you can sleep while these guys are doing work for you. Um, you know, wholesalers are doing work for you. Real estate agents are doing work for you. Your yellow letters, your business cards, all these sort of things. Because basically what we want to do in Master Passive Income is set up a life so that you can go on a six-week trip wherever you want. Like I am in six weeks in Europe right now. Isn't that just absolutely just crazy to think that for six weeks, I mean, who goes on a six-week vacation? Well, I do it. I brought my entire family. I'm currently here in England right now with my entire family. So find deals and start looking and start educating yourself on how to use these tools like the MLS, like Zillow, Redfin, Trulia.com. Um, use these sites at Craigslist.com. Start looking up yellow notices or yellow um, yellow letters to see if those are the route that you want to go start looking or definitely definitely get your business cards um, get your business card set up so you can start passing those things out like candy start finding wholesalers basically get your business going finding properties for you so you don't have to do it i've bought so many properties without even finding them i've had people bring them to me and I said great I'll give you an example there was an investor that came to me and said, hey, I have three properties, three single family homes and one duplex. Would you buy them from me? 
Um, I really need the, the, the cash. And I said, well, let's talk about the deal. We worked out this, the, the terms of the deal worked out great for me. I put $25,000 down and the rest was seller financing. Cause he just wanted cash, quick cash, um, down as well as a monthly income. And I said, great, works out great for me. I'm still making, uh, I want to say $1,500 a month from those properties. And so, yeah, fantastic deal. So I would say what you want to do is make sure that you have the ability to have other people work for you. All right. So this ends episode number three of Master Passive Income. Hopefully you're getting the excitement of how you can build a life that can be free of a job, that you can you don't need to work anymore for anybody else. You can be your own boss. Or the next episode, we're going to talk about how you can use property managers to run your business and have it be an automatic business where you don't do a thing. The property manager does all the work. It's absolutely fantastic. That's why I could be here for six weeks in Europe and literally never work. I have tons of free content out there for you on my website, masterpassiveincome.com. Go there. You can see all the show notes. You can also see any all the blog posts. You can search through all the free things, all the videos, all the, all the articles, um, all the downloads. Everything's there for you. I even have a rental property calculator there so that you can plug in your numbers. You know, you find a property on Zillow. You go to my rental property calculator and you type in the numbers and it pops out the, the result of how much money you're going to make every single month, how much your mortgage payments are going to be, your taxes, all that sort of stuff. I even have a walkthrough video showing you how how to actually use Zillow.com and my rental property calculator to find out if a property is a good deal for you to buy. All right. Again, this is Dustin Heiner with Master Passive Income Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe and I will see you next week.